The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. There, Hazel Chew, Dublin City Councillor for the Green Party. She's with me in studio. Richard Guiney, the CEO of Dublin Town, is here as well. And Jim Waldron is with us, the spokesperson for the National Private Hire and Taxi Association, all here to talk about these uh, changes, these proposed changes uh, to Dublin's uh, traffic flow. Uh, a suggestion yesterday in the studio that is the biggest change to traffic in Dublin since the pedestrianisation of Grafton Street. Hazel, that was a colleague of yours in the Green Party who said that here in studio. So why is he right? Because it's transformative, Kieran. It is simply the most transformative since we've seen Grafton Street and Henry Street uh, pedestrianised. But this isn't about pedestrianisation. It's about making traffic free uh, flow better and making sure that it is uh, people get, being able to get into the city centre that want to get into the city centre because currently, as it stands, 60% of the traffic is true traffic. It's people going from north to south or true to another area. And what it does, it's, it's stopping the public transport from being able to efficiently bring people into the centre, be it to live in the centre, be it to shop in the centre, be it to uh, avail of services. And being able to uh, increase then the public transport, buses and taxis, means that there's more of a footfall in the city centre. So, Richard, I guess, is it from your point of view, is is how to strike the balance? The the person who's just in the city centre to get through the city. I mean, they provide no value uh, uh, to retailers or businesses or anybody else uh, in the city. At the same time, you don't want to make it so awkward for them to come in that you make it too awkward for other people who would be coming into the city centre. Is that it? Well, look, we have to radically reduce the number of vehicles on our roads, all roads. And I suppose our concern is that if you just address the city centre but don't address the peripheries or the outer town shopping centres, then you know, you could have the same number of vehicles on the roads, but they just happen to be travelling in a different direction. Um, and so in terms of sustainability, we, we what we need is something that is going to work. And there's also the devil in the detail, because what we need to do is is understand uh, delivery systems. So, for example, on Capel Street, um, it's not the traditional model of deliveries. You've got mom and pop stores. They have, you know, stock in their garage or in a lockup. And they actually transport that stuff in their private cars or would have transported in their private cars out of hours or whatever Mm. while mum and pop are and and maybe some of their kids are in the shop. So what we're we're saying is, look, we we really do need to workshop this. We didn't get this in Capel Street and I think some errors that could have been easily avoided in Capel Street were made. Um, But if we, what we need to do is actually do a very deep dive into what are the actual issues in terms of how the city continues to function in a, a situation where we've got far less vehicles coming in. Mm. Um, and we will be very strong on the fact that we need similar provisions in, in other locations. Otherwise, there is, and we saw it at last Christmas when uh, Liffey Valley introduced parking charges. Blanchestown was absolutely mobbed and we had you know cars going into bus lanes and all that kind of stuff. So what we need to do is we need to have a, a, a very balanced approach, an equitable approach that, you know, does look at the, the does redu- help yeah. us reduce the number of vehicles, helps us reduce uh, uh, the emissions. And the other thing I'll just say is that in terms of sustainability, cities are it, you know, in terms of, uh, for example, uh, district heating, positive energy districts and the things that we absolutely need to be get going yeah. to next. And the cities, you know, that 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 is a space that we very quickly and we should have gone into before and we should have better public transport and we should have made the investments in that before you know the challenges wouldn't be nearly as great if we had done the right thing at the right time 
But, you know, we we do need this holistic approach and that is what we're we're really advocating for at this point. So it sounds like you're, you're like... You have a broadly positive approach to, to, to what has been announced, but there there are just, there are problems that need to be solved yeah, there, in order for it to be implemented exactly. well. Is that an it? Equi- there's an equity situation as well that, you know, we're not you know, making it difficult for the, to access the city, but everywhere else is okay, you know, and, yeah. and, and look, we need to, we need a holistic approach. So, Hazel, is that, is that in this plan? I mean, way, ways to reduce traffic flow in the city without just having Blanchestown and Liffey Valley and Dundrum getting busier? Well, it is in the plan, and I, I, I think it's great that uh, Richard um, is very agreeable and positive because that's the issue we need moving forward. The consultation period is open until December, so it's open until the first of December. So, uh, from the traffic and transport section, uh, NTA, they know that consultation is required. They know that it's important to bring people uh, along. We have a city that many don't feel safe to go into these days. We have a city that people complain about it being dirty, complain about about being polluted and it's the last place they want to be and hence they go shop in the likes of Liffey Valley and Dundrum and other places and what we need to do is revitalise the city we need to en- energise it and we need to give it a, a good kick up to us mm-hmm. at this point uh, uh, excuse the language but if you look at other cities and how they've changed in the last couple of years especially with COVID they've taken the opportunity to make the city more livable and from a, even a housing perspective I was on the housing SPC yesterday and we were presented with the adaptive use program which is above shop living which is something we've been pushing for so long and now we're finally looking at it and we're looking at 135 units that that will be turned around and using that commercial above shop commercial space mm. to make sure people live in the city so to bring people back into the city again to make sure that it's it's vibrant it's not as it is today and that it's usable and the traffic is one of the key points to address. Uh, Jim Waldron I mentioned is with us as well, spokesperson for the National Private Hire and Taxi Association. Uh, so Jim, lots of mentions of, of, of taxis in this plan as well. There would be more room for, for, for bikes, for buses, for pedestrians and for your members. So do you think this is a good plan? Uh, we're a little bit more suspicious about it. Like we, we want the city to survive as well, obviously, Carolyn. But uh, th- th- there's a couple of statements in it, in the plan, and it says like um, the, the figures for um, cars, taxes, and goods will be down by forty percent. Is that suggesting that we're going to get forty percent less work? Uh, we're going to look for reassurance that we have access to all of the bus lines that we currently have and more if they're introduced, and we don't seem to be getting that reassurance from people. A quick example would be Aston Key. We're going to lose the taxi rank on Aston Key, about eight space on Aston Key. And we get access to the bus lane, but where do we stop along Aston Key to pick up people? Mm. It was going to be buses all the way. So a little bit like Richard, I think we need to be consulted into this. We need to be part of a workshop that's uh, involved into discussions. Yeah. And, uh, you know... But if, we, if, if, we, if you we, reduce we private cars in an area, kind of square footage uh, that we're talking about, square kilometre, however you want to describe it, um, and there are still the same volume of people you would hope coming into the city to visit the city, I mean, your members are going to get busier, aren't they? Well, we, we, yeah, you would hope so. But you see, the problem is that we're not we're not considered as part of the public transport in this plan. We're separate to the public transport. So I think we should be, we're, we're stated as small public transport vehicles. So why aren't we considered part of the public transport? So we, we're just thrown in with cars and goods vehicles. So, you know, we're not cars yeah. and goods vehicles, we're public transport okay. vehicles. Uh, 
Hazel? I think what Jim is looking at, and I completely see where Jim's concern is. And I think in the development plan, it, it does put taxis in with cars and deliveries uh, versus um, public transport. And that is something for as far as I know, and I'm aware with this Pathfinder and moving on with this consultation is that taxis can still use the bus lanes. So going into the future, uh, in future plans, I don't know. But for this particular one, um, again, to address Jim's concern, I can. I, I imagine the taxis being able to use these bus lanes and being able to use them better because right now a lot mm. of taxis I see are stuck on Austin Key, not being able to get uh, to their destination. Their their um, um, people. But, but it's the other point as well, though, that the lanes beside the bus lane that's currently full of private cars will be an awful lot emptier. Yes, and then the traffic can move uh, freer. So, so G- G- Jim, is that encouraging at least? That you, uh, yeah, according yeah, to Hazel, you'd be able to use it. But even if you. You know, you, you had to nip out of it. The, the the lane you're nipping into now doesn't have loads of private vehicles in it. Yeah, but yeah, I take Hayes' word for that. But I mean, we have to treat this with suspicion because the taxi ranks are being, are being removed from the city constantly and we're not being informed about them till they're actually being moved. Uh, we're not seeing alternatives. Like if you're talking about the plaza that everybody keeps talking about in College Green, where's the taxi ranks going to serve the plaza? We're not getting mentioned in these things. So why wouldn't we be suspicious and why wouldn't we, we, we like, be worried about our futures? There's 27,000 licensed taxi drivers. That's 27,000 of families relying on the taxi industry. So yeah, if it makes our, our life easier, we're all for it. Obviously we would support and help yeah. it, but we need reassurances. Richard, um, th- th- like, whenever this ultimately gets rolled out beyond the consultation periods and everything, I mean, th- there will be teething problems, yeah. won't there? Inevitably. I mean, it's not, it, it will not be smooth. I'm thinking of traffic lights that were put in just around the corner from here on, on kind of Bride Street and Bride Road and uh, the backups that kind of caused for weeks up Golden Lane and people taking shortcuts off White Friar Street and, you know, there was all sorts of rat runs suddenly being invented. Um, and that has all calmed down to a degree. I mean, that'll happen on a much larger scale. It's inevitable, isn't it, for a while? I think we need to be really clever yeah, and we need to use technology. So, for example, uh, you were mentioning delivery vehicles. If we need to set up trans- delivery hubs so that, you know, deliveries can be brought into a into a hub and then delivered perhaps through electric vehicles to, to uh, individual premises, but also deliveries out of the premises. So, for example, again, in Capel Street, some of the takeaway stores are finding it, you know, it has been a challenge to them in terms of delivering to, to their customers. So what we need to do is we need to think about how we get stuff to premises and stuff out of premises. And the other, the, the final point I, I'd like to make as well is that we we constantly uh, engage in consumer surveys and what we have found is there's actually a reduction in terms of support for sustainable transport uh, measures and interventions and also pedestrianisation. Now that's a real worry in, in the context of you know some of the things that we, we absolutely mm. have to do. So I think we need to start, to, when we're introducing plans like this, we need to bring in the carrots as well as the sticks um, and we need to start to working on things, as I say, deliveries and and for taxis, for example, as well. You know, in Germany, they they have uh, they use technology so that people they have taxi hubs and the, you know people who are all heading in the same direction can share a taxi, mm. and that would be a really good idea at night. So you're basically getting people home safely more efficiently and I yeah. think we, we need to use those kind of technologies I, I'm gonna I agree with Richard on, on the hub point and various points but the, one thing I will challenge you on uh, Richard is the percentage of people that come in using sustainable transport so the NTA in 2022 had a report a survey and it was 84% of people that came in came in 
using sustainable transport. And in 2020, it was 81%. And 80% of the retail spend in the city is by people who are using sustainable transport modes. So the, the number is increasing in terms of once we give it to them and provide them with the method, they will come. We do need to improve the public transport. That's a given. Um, and we track very closely what, what modes of transport people are using. It's generally about 22% of our customers uh, come in in cars, the rest are sustainable transport, which is the mirror opposite to what goes on in the outer town shopping centres. Um, and the, the, that, that is balancing out. Um, and actually, last year we had no problems with uh, traffic congestion at Christmas time, which I couldn't believe. Um, but there were traffic congestion in other locations. So even though the footfall was rising compared to mm. the previous year, that suggests people are shifting towards more sustainable uh, transport modes. But, you know, it's still, we can still use technology far better than we are yeah. to assist in, in, in what we need to achieve. Hazel, can I put a point that Damien and Santry um, uh, has texted in 087-1400-106. Uh, do people think that the people who are driving through the city centre to get to another destination are just doing it for fun? No, absolutely not. And I know having stuck, being stuck on that key coming in from Selwich is, it's not fun at all. And that's what we're trying to move as well. We're trying to move that traffic array away from keys and other places. But where, to, I guess what Damien sure is, that people uh, what can Damien, the question Damien hasn't asked, but, it, uh, is, but is, is, where do I go? There are other routes. There will be other routes. And part of these proposals and plans is to model out other routes and how would the traffic work. And to your point, the initial phases will, of course, always be uh, chaotic, but, th- but, it finds a way. Things settle down. So even if your traffic is increased on the periphery routes, it does die down because re- people realise, hang on, I have a different transport method that I can use that's sustainable to get me to my location now much quicker. Uh, life will find a way. If you build it, they will come. Hazel's full of film references uh, uh, today. Anyway, listen, Hazel Chu, Dublin, Dublin City Councillor at the Green Party, Richard Guiney, CEO of Dublin Town, and Jim Waldron, a spokesperson for the National Private Hire and, Hire and Taxi Association. Oh, God, butchered that. Jim, apologies. Spokesperson for the National Private Hire and Taxi Association. Uh, thank you all very much uh, for joining us here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.